Father, we thank you this morning, acknowledging your presence here, knowing that, Lord, you have something that you want us to hear from you. There is something that you have for us that is meant to transform our lives, and we are ready to receive it. Just enable us, Lord, to do so in a way that glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 to 42. 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So the first thing we see here is that this house belongs to Martha. She's probably the older sister. She owns the house. Maybe she is a widow. We don't know. But another thing we see here is that she opened her house for Jesus. She is welcoming. Jesus felt at home in Martha's house in this village. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha owns the house. She has a sister. Jesus comes in. She sits at the Lord's feet. That is her favorite position. It's a posture of worship. It's a, an attitude of learning. She desires to sit at Jesus' feet, listening to his word. So we are given two people here. There is Martha, there is Mary. Martha opens her home. Mary sits at Jesus' feet. And then the story now changes, right? But, you know, every time you see that, there's going to be something that is taking you a different direction. Dang, yeah. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I think Martha is a good cook. You know one of the things I don't like? is cooking using a recipe. I don't like that. I like cooking the way I want. That's me. I look at my wife, and she's following a recipe, this and this, and I'm like, it's like being in school. <laughs> but I enjoy her food. Can you imagine Martha preparing all these things for Jesus and probably his disciples? And Jesus is not just like any other guest. This is a special guest. 
you need to prepare something special for him. So Martha is caught up in all the preparations, wanting to do probably her best for Jesus and his disciples. She is distracted. That's a negative. Luke is telling you that her desire is good to welcome Jesus in her home, but she is distracted. By all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him. So because she's distracted by all that needs to be done and maybe she realizes time is running out, she comes back to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? She is frustrated. When the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was sleeping and they were facing a storm that was threatening their lives, when they turned to Jesus to wake him up, they said almost the same words. Don't you care that we are drowning? When you and me find ourselves in difficult spots, when we are distracted by many things and it appears as if we are losing control, we are tempted to ask God, don't you care? When something happens to you that uh, threatens your life or that takes away your peace, we are tempted to ask the same question. Don't you care that this is happening to me? Don't you care that my sister is not here to help me? Tell her to help me. She is not addressing her sister. She is addressing Jesus. Tell her. It's you who is causing her not to help me. So she is frustrated at Jesus and at her sister. She is frustrated at the same person whom she's trying to prepare food for. But Jesus understands what is going on. He says, he calls her, Martha, Martha, getting her attention. Now listen to the words that Jesus is using to describe Martha's attitude. He says, you are worried Why is she worried? Because she's distracted by many things. She's losing control. 
and worry has stepped in. Worry is a very bad thing in life because it makes us unstable. Worrying is like sitting on a rocking chair. You are swinging, but you are not moving. Worrying puts a question mark where God has put a period. People who worry all the time don't progress. You are worried and upset. You are not happy at all. Now, one of the things that you cannot entertain is someone who is upset and worried preparing food for you. My wife knows when she is unhappy, I don't eat her food. I don't like it being served by someone who is angry for whatever reason. When you serve me something, the first thing I do is I look at you to see your facial expression. And if you're not happy, I want to deal with that first because I like enjoying my food. And I can't enjoy it while I am asking myself, what's going on with her? Martha is worried and upset. Uh, Pat, what does your Bible say there? Yes. Troubled. That's King James. She is distracted, frustrated, and she is worried. And Jesus finishes by saying, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The reason Martha is distracted is because she wanted to do too much. She wanted to serve a lot. And maybe she could have served just a few things and still find time to fellowship with Jesus. But because she wanted to do so much, she was distracted. She couldn't even fellowship with Jesus. And so she was frustrated at Jesus and at her sister. Every time we are frustrated, we transfer it to someone else.
If you hang up around with people who are negative, you will begin to be negative too. You hang around with people who are positive, people who are hopeful, you will begin to be hopeful. It's always contagious. That's why I like hanging around with people who smile. <laughs> and you are allowed to smile in this church. In our churches, we have a tendency of looking at Martha and putting her down and then exalting Mary as the person that we ought to be like. But I think when we are looking at this passage, it's not, Luke is not, telling, is not telling us that Martha is a bad person. Martha is a very good person. She is very hospitable. She is a servant. She is exercising her gift when she's preparing food for Jesus. The problem is she is overdoing it. I think she's a perfectionist. You know those people who would correct everything. A perfectionist will come here after you have done everything, will come to your house after you have, you have cleaned it and arranged everything properly, but they will still see a mistake. <laughs> They will notice something. That frame, it's disturbing me. It's twisted. They will see. It's, they have eyes that some of us don't have. I think mother wants to do the best. And uh, even though she also wants to fellowship with Jesus... Her service for Jesus has become an obstacle. And we have Christians who are serving the Lord, and in the name of the Lord, they don't fellowship with the Lord. They are busy doing stuff, but they are not growing in their spiritual life. In fact, at times, we hide our frustrations by serving, by being so busy, because we don't want to deal with the real issues of our lives. It's called Martha Syndrome. It's the kind that chokes the word of God out of life. This is the kind of soil that Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. When he said, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
This kind of attitude, the attitude of overdoing things, the attitude of focusing so much on doing and less on Christ himself, even though we may claim to be doing it for Christ, ends up frustrating us and choking the word of God out of us. Luke is trying to tell us here that it is important to serve, but it is also important to worship. But I think the main lesson here is about putting first things first. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that is more important? When someone comes to your house, what's the most important thing for you to do? Well, they have come in. <laughs> You're still opening the door, what were you doing? <laughs> They are in. Pay attention to them. You first need to find out why they are there. And then that will inform you, will help you know how you can serve them. What is the most important thing in your life? If you cannot identify that which is of most importance, you will find yourself paying attention to so many things, and you will be distracted. And we have Christians that are living distracted lives because they don't have a clear direction. When we plan our lives... We need to prioritize, prioritize the important things first. It is when we have identified what is important that we can have time to enjoy the extra things of life. As a student, for those of you who are students here, it's important for you to ask yourself, what is it that is important for your life now? Is it video games? Is it watching television? Is it Snapchat? Because a time will come, you will look back and you'll say, I wish I had waited. I wish I had paid more attention on my studies than the video games. Because the video games will not feature in your exams. You're not going to be asked, who is Super Mario? Who is Super Mario anyway? 
Who is the Wonder Woman? What is it that is of most importance for your life? What is it that adds value in your life? Do you know sometimes we claim to serve the Lord, but we are only doing what we are doing because it gives us some satisfaction, because it makes us feel important. It has nothing to do with the Lord. It has everything to do with us. If we don't put first things first, we will fail to enjoy the life that God has for us. And I will tell you, The reason we are here, the reason we were created is so that we may worship God. The best thing you can do before anything else is to deal with your relationship with God. Is to make sure that you are worshiping God and no one else, nothing else. And then that your worship with God begins to influence how you look at your life. So God becomes your priority and everything else flows from that. Before we serve the Lord, we need to fellowship with the Lord. Before we obey the Lord, we need to listen to the Lord. How many of us here, when they were kids, they were sent something by their parents and they brought something else? Some of us do it even now. I actually do it. My wife, <laughs> my wife sent me to BJ's the other day, and I brought something else. Because by the time I got there, and I could have called to confirm, you know, but I didn't. Because I, I, I started, I had forgotten what she had said, and then I tried to remember it. And I was, what is it that we don't have? And then I realized, we don't have milk. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, we don't. So I bought milk. I got home. I brought milk. I did not send you milk. Oh, I thought we needed milk. Oh, no. I didn't, I listened, I forgot, I did not go back to confirm, and I did the wrong thing. If we are going to serve the Lord in a way that will glorify him, we must allow the same Lord to influence how we do it. The message is simple. Our worship must influence our service. Our worship must influence our service. Our worship must influence our life. 
How you respond to this life as a Christian will be influenced by your worship. If you worship the living God, you are going to respond like a child of God. If you worship something else or someone else, you will find yourself responding like someone else or something else. What you worship influences your life. It influences my life. Job, a worshiper of God, when God took his family and his wealth, or when he allowed the devil to do that, Job said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he worshipped. That's what the Bible says. And he worshipped. Job never saw the devil in his life. He never mentioned him. Because his focus was on the Lord. And it affected, influenced how he was viewing what he was going through. Our emotional state is determined by where we focus our attention. Martha's attention is in what she is doing, the preparations. Her emotional state is affected by the many things that are distracting her. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we have a prophet, one of the greatest prophets. His name is Elijah. Elijah stood against the prophets of Baal. He gave them a challenge. I'm not going to go through all the, the details here. But he challenged them before the Lord, and they failed. Their God failed, and they were slaughtered that day. Elijah was victorious, and all the people who are there worshipped the Lord and said, The Lord is God. The Lord is God. Elijah was on top of the mountain. And then Jezebel, Ahab's wife, Ahab was the king. Jezebel, when she heard that Elijah has had victory over the prophets of Baal, she threatened him. She said, tomorrow morning I'm going to kill him. I'm going to do the same thing that has been done to those prophets. Elijah had that message, and the same men who had prayed and fire came from heaven began to run away. And he ran, and then he asked God, to take his life. He was frustrated. He was discouraged. He was depressed. And he despaired. He asked God. He became suicidal. 
the same man that had witnessed God's power because instead of focusing on the same God, he focused on Jezebel's position and Jezebel's message. It affected his emotional state. He was distracted. He began to worry. And he wanted to die. This is happening to Christians every day. We believe that God is faithful, that he is powerful, that we can trust him, that he means well, that he is able to control everything that we face. But at times we find ourselves in situations and we begin to focus on them so much that they begin to control us. It's happening to Martha and it's happening to many of us. The God that you worship is the God that should influence your life. The God that we worship is the God that we need to focus on. Let me be done here. When our worship fails to influence our life, four things will happen. One, we get distracted in the name of the Lord. Amen? We get this. I think that's one way the enemy uses to make us unstable. When we are so busy in the name of the Lord. Number two, we get frustrated by the same people that should bring us, that ought to bring us joy and peace. Martha is frustrated at Jesus, the same person that ought to give her joy and peace. We get frustrated. by or at the same people who ought to bring us joy and peace. Number three, we are tempted to think that everyone should serve the Lord our way. Tell her to help me. What I'm doing is right. What she is doing is wrong. We overemphasize our importance. Never compare the ministry that God has given you with another ministry. Don't even compare yourself with someone else. If God wanted you to be that person, he would have made you that person. 
am me because God wanted me to be me and not you. If he wanted me to be you, then he would have made you and not me. But he made me because he wants me to be me. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you as confused as I am? <laughs> this idea of saying this ministry is, let me bring this home. Anthony here, our music director, uh, and Jeremy, where is Jeremy? He's outside? Yeah. And Jeremy, yeah, he has a wonderful voice. And, and we are grateful you guys are here. But it will be wrong for you to think that everyone should sing like you. In fact, it would be sinful to think that way. It is always wrong to think that because God has given me, because I have a passion for this ministry, if you don't have a passion for this ministry, you are wrong. No! God uses us differently. He is God. He uses us differently. There are people here who are gifted in prayer. When they start praying, you don't even feel like saying anything. You just want to listen. And we should be free enough to realize that this God chooses to use people differently and we should appreciate and encourage every gift that we have. If you think that Southside Bible Fellowship is a better church than another one, you don't know God. It's not. And that's not our goal either. God will use people, he will use gatherings, he will use congregations the way he wants. That attitude of thinking that I'm better, that what I'm doing is better than what you are doing, and we are serving the same Lord, it does not come from the Lord. It comes from somewhere else. But when we don't allow our worship to influence our service, we will be tempted to think that way. And I'm saying this because I have experienced this in my own life. I am, I am a passionate person. That's just who I am. When, when I see uh, the singers here are singing and their facial expressions are dead, it frustrates me. Does that make sense? Like when you're singing... Uh, word of God speak and pour down like rain. Please let me find this. And I'm like, what's going on? I don't I, I like seeing some life. 
And I'm, I'm getting used into understanding that not everyone is like me. When I stand here to speak and I look at your facial expressions and some people are like, ah, get done. <laughs> I will not go there. <laughs> Finally, we fail to enjoy the blessings that come with serving the Lord. When our worship fails to influence our life, our service, we fail to enjoy the blessings that come with serving the Lord. Number one, we get distracted in the name of the Lord. Number two, we get frustrated uh, at the same people that should bring us joy and peace. Number three, we think, we are tempted to think that everyone should serve the Lord in our own way, in our way. We feel that our way is the only way. Our ministry is the ministry. And finally, we fail to enjoy the blessings that come with serving the Lord. Jesus Christ is in Martha's house and she is frustrated, she is worried, she is upset. That's not supposed to happen when Jesus is in. Unless we are focusing on something else. So, where are you in this? What is the most important thing in your life? And do you pay attention to it? Father, I thank you for your love and for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the good plans that you have for us. We pray that you continue to glorify yourself in our lives as you enable us to grow and to know you more. We pray that you speak to us at our own levels and enable us, Lord, to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.